You are listening to the Permission to Burn Your Manual podcast. I am your host, Kathy Whaley, MD, physician and life coach. Do you want to live the life you choose? A life that is by design rather than by default? Well, that path to the life you choose is uniquely yours, and it's filled with limitless potential. So join me and burn your manual. This book that defines our expectations of self, but also holds us back. Together, we will forge, innovate, and refine as we go along. Welcome back, tribe. This is Kathy Whaley, MD, and you're listening to the Permission to Burn Your Manual podcast. I have another exciting special guest planned for next week that is going to be a follow-up of this episode. So today we're going to talk about the question, should I stay or should I go? And you're going to see that what I'm really offering is a discussion about change, thinking about a change. So not necessarily just should I stay or should I go, but this is one of the most important questions I have pondered lately and particularly over the last two years. So I feel that it will make the most sense in the context. Change can be a very loaded thing for people. And it varies on the reason, but ultimately, one of the reasons it can be challenging is because we make it mean something very specific. And if you were to survey my husband or my sister, for example, they both say that I have a very hard time with change. And I actually disagree. I've thought about this a lot. But here is what is very common about change and ultimately a problem that I think many of us have when it comes to change. We don't even give ourselves the option of change a lot of the time at all. Like that shit is shut down without any thought. And I can tell you that truly is my conditioned response, right? I don't know why, but any time that there is something new, my baseline conditioned response is there must be something dangerous about this. No. And like I've just I've told myself no before I've even finished computing this. So back when I was really, really suffering burnout and not wanting to be a doctor anymore, I mean, I wasn't even giving myself the option to consider something else. I just kept telling myself, like, no, you worked really hard for this. You signed up for this. No, it hasn't turned out like you thought. But the answer is no, right? It was almost like when you say no to your children, for no reason, and they ask you why, and you say, because I said so? Yes, I was because I said so-ing myself. 100%. Why is that a problem? Okay. It is a problem because you don't give yourself the option to consider the change. See, in considering the change, it doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to go anywhere or elect the change. But it helps you re-engage and recognize that you are making an active choice, number one. 
But number two, it also reaffirms your choice, right? So that you start feeling like an active participant yet again in how your life is going and not just a backseat driver where some crazy person is taking you down a weird dirt road. So that's one of the factors about change that I think are interpreted sometimes as me not liking change. And that's really me just not even giving myself the option of it. And then the other one is that, you know, there are times when a change is coming and I'm grieving something that didn't go as planned, right? So I'm almost not ready. So for example, right now, my kids are about to go um, to a new school and the summer is nearly over and we've just not done the things that I had hoped. Like we haven't gone swimming and played as much as I had hoped. And there's a water park nearby that we wanted to take the kids to. And, you know, despite lovely plans, it hasn't happened. We've not gone on any adventures this summer. It's just sort of not been what I expected. And when it comes to the school thing, it's sort of been a longer term expectation reality mismatch. So we started homeschooling our kids around the time of the pandemic, but it was really unrelated to the pandemic. I mean, the pandemic didn't help, but it was really about maximizing the health of our oldest child and um, creating an environment that was better for his self-esteem. In my world, I had this fantasy of what that was going to be like and how much I would get to participate. And that didn't happen either. I've been working and it's predominantly been my husband who's done the homeschooling. And with the exception of one research project um, where my son learned about trout fishing and then we went and rented a house on our river and he trout fished, putting what he learned to use. With the exception of that, we didn't do the fun adventures that I sort of dreamt of. And so, yeah, I'm, I have to say that in this summer coming to an end and school starting back, I'm again grieving the loss of my expectations and coming to terms with reality. So that's not about change in itself. It's just, again, grieving what didn't happen, what was different. A time when I asked myself this, should I stay or should I go question? And again, that's probably the change I contemplate the most these days is, should I stay in my current role or should I go when it comes to my full-time job? And the main reason that I ask myself this is because moral injury is everywhere, right? That's just true in healthcare, but I think that's more so in some places than others. So when I experience a moral injury, which let's just refresh, moral injury can happen not from necessarily anything you do, although that's that could be part of it, but you can also just witness it. You don't have to have done anything or participated in it. All that has to happen is you have to witness something that violates your morals or ethics. 
So that happens often in healthcare. When you are in an environment that you are going to be experiencing moral injury on the regular, it is disastrous to not give yourself the option of change in those moments because they're painful moments. And if you're sort of bullying yourself saying, you have to stay, you worked so hard for this, you have no choices here because I said so, that only heightens the suffering of the moral injury, right? It's like intensifying the suffering you already feel by taking away your control. And us type A personalities really like some control. So it's extra special bad when I take it away from myself. So now when I'm faced with a moral injury, I take a step back and evaluate it. Is what happened a non-negotiable? Is this the moment that I'm going to decide a boundary has been violated or a line has been crossed that is not recoverable? So I don't have a magic answer for you about whatever change you're contemplating. But what I'm very clear on is that making the decision even before you know how you might go about changing is truly the most important step. So for example, when I am contemplating leaving my job or leaving healthcare, because even though I'm fine nearly every day at work, there are still those moments where I'm like, "Mm -mm, this is not good. And I'm not going to pretend they're not happening or tell myself I have no choices because choices are everywhere. So when I'm contemplating leaving, what would have previously held me back was really not knowing how I would make that happen. Like, how would I feed my family? What would I be doing with myself? Because God knows I am not made for stay-at-home mom world. And so instead of worrying about how do I support my family? What do I do next? How do I create this new life? I short-circuit that entirely. I don't focus on the how. I only focus on the what. Is there something I want to change? So when I'm having that moment, I imagine my future life where I've left whatever it is that's injuring me and everything is awesome. I know my family will eat The new life is going to be amazing. I already know a transition plan. No worry needed here. If I assume that it's all going to go well, and my answer about do I stay or do I go is yes, then it's time. Now, that doesn't mean that I leave right then, but what it means is is that I'm going to start figuring out the how. If, however, when I imagine that everything works out great, my family eats and like we're just the happiest people on the planet, if my answer is still no, then I'm not done yet. I have something unfinished. So I did this as recently as a few weeks ago when I experienced that moral injury. And I imagined this perfect world outside of all of this where I was coaching and 
you know, working on real estate and seeing patients um, kind of on my terms. And I still was saying, no, no, I'm not ready to go. There's still more for me to do in this place that I cannot live having not done. I still want to witness the moral injury. I still want to help healthcare be better. In that moment where my answer was no, I'm not ready to go, I chose to stay on purpose, actively chose. Nothing about my life had to change in order for me to choose on purpose. I just had to ask myself the question. And so yes, when I have those really painful moments, without changing anything, I give myself the opportunity to rethink it, to think again, and to choose on purpose whether I stay or go. And if the answer is go, then I have figured out the what. It's time. And then the how will come. So remember, every single day that you show up to something that you don't want to, you are choosing it on purpose. Now, you may not be offering yourself that choice, but there is much less suffering in choosing to show up on purpose, even to something that you don't like, as opposed to being a victim of the circumstance. There is a lot of relief in suffering there, period. So here is a sample framework that I recommend you try whenever you are contemplating a change. Step one is simply offering yourself the choices that you truly have. Because in every circumstance, there are choices. We just don't let ourselves see them. So for example, you didn't choose cancer, let's say. Let's say it's someone who's newly diagnosed with cancer, right? That's the circumstance that is out of their control, but they still have choices associated with that, right? So did they choose cancer? No. But can they choose how they live their life from that point on? Yes. So how many times have you known someone that when they found out they were diagnosed with cancer, they made a drastic overhaul of their life? Well, that choice was always there. It's just that cancer is what made them give themselves permission to make it. But the choices weren't new at all. So... Then the second step would be whatever change you're contemplating, imagine that it all goes well and that all of your worries and obstacles are no more. You've made the change and everything is awesome. Are you ready? Are you ready to make the change? And if the answer is no, no problem. Recognize that you're choosing to not change yet. You have unfinished business here. And you have used your power to choose wisely to make your choice with awareness. 
If the answer is yes, bravo. You have figured out the what, that it's time to change. And the how will come next. Deciding to change doesn't mean that you are going to go from point A to point Z right on the spot without planning. Quite to the contrary. But it is committing to the decision, specifically. The planning and execution will take time. It is when we finally commit to a decision that the possibilities emerge. And what you look for, you will find. Now, when you decide that you're ready to change, there will be obstacles. This is an inevitability. So let's talk about how we cope with the obstacles. A lot of the time when we finally commit to a change, we then start asking ourselves, why haven't we already done this? And it is an opportunity for self-loathing and judgment to set up because we have to sort of face the fact that we put off making the change for so long. For this issue, my suggestion is to get really clear about your thinking and not to judge your past self because if you think about your past self who may have told you, you have no choice because I said so, we aren't changing, right? I mean, there was a point in time where I was really angry at that version of myself in the past. But then I'm just like, you know what? The Kathy of three years ago was doing the best she could. And I'm going to love her anyways. There's no point in not loving her. It's done. It's over. So examining why you don't already have this change, I don't find to be terribly fruitful. And so being aware that you're not sort of looking at the past and rewriting history and using it to judge yourself, like that's going to sabotage your efforts. You're just going to be sitting there kicking your own ass. And what may also happen is that now that you have decided to change, you're really impatient to do it, to get it done, right? You don't want to spend time in planning phase. You just want to spend time in execution phase. Y'all, that is me every time. So I have to work on my thoughts every time. When it came to starting this coaching venture, I have had to work on my thoughts. I wanted to go from no one knew I was a coach to helping lots of people in a flash. And here is where I deploy the skills that I mentioned in the impatience episode. I have to really focus on the gain and not just the gap, not just the gap of how much farther do I have to go to have created and made the change. And I have to recognize how far I've come. Just the fact that you finally decide it's time and commit to the change, that's a huge gain. But we often don't give ourselves credit for what a monumental gain that is. And in every day, when we do 1% of the work necessary to move ourselves towards the vision of the future, that is gain. And that gain needs to be recognized. We have to cultivate 
the contentment with the process and enjoy the now. The last obstacle I imagine is really coping with other people's opinions when you've decided to make a change. And part of this is letting others have their opinions, but not internalizing them as yours. So if I imagine that the day comes that I decide I'm done working full-time in healthcare, which may or may not ever come, I don't know. But if I imagine that happening, there would be people at my work who would feel abandoned because they would be left behind to function in a dysfunctional healthcare system with one less person who cares. I would imagine there would be people who would be fearful for me because I would be venturing off in an unchartered path. What I'm doing right now, being a doctor full-time, Lots of folks have done that before me. That is a chartered path, if ever. But if I leave healthcare with my primary job having been physician for all this time, there are going to be people at my job who love me who are going to be fearful for me because it's scary what I'm doing to them. And lastly, there are going to be people who may question my loyalty because I finally found that it was the right time to change. And they might not know what that's all about for me, but on the outside, it's going to look like I'm abandoning a place that needs me. Do I know that that's going to happen? I don't. I have seen how others have been treated when they leave. But I'm using that as an example to say it could happen. And ultimately, it requires awareness that these are other people's opinions and their actions. And making the choice to put your focus on your internal opinions about this. If you have used the framework to decide about going or staying, you have made a very clear and aware choice. Other people's judgment or opinions have no business interfering with your choice. The only thing that informed your choice was your opinions and your judgments. This does not mean we don't value their opinions. So don't get me wrong. If someone is sad that you're going, that doesn't mean that you don't meet them where they are. And you may even have some sad, right? If you're in my position, it would be sad to go. But the point here is that we get to decide for ourselves if we're abandoning a place or if we're being disloyal or if what we're doing is risky or scary. We decide that with intention and purpose. Ultimately, the world longs for what you have to offer, regardless 
of what change you're contemplating. So, do you stay or do you go? Or whatever variation of question you might be asking yourself. That's all I have today, friends. So much love to you all. And again, if you would help me, if this episode resonated for you, and you would help me by subscribing, leaving a review, I would appreciate it as it helps us spread the word. Are you ready to start making progress, forging the path to the life you choose? Well, visit me at freedomforphysicians.com. Here you will find free resources and guides for any healthcare professional ready to get started. As always, I'd love to hear from you, so don't hesitate to reach out.